And it is 1 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. That means it's time for Post to Post. Alan Wishart in the host chair, joined a little bit later by Frank Peebles. But we're going to start with uh, an interview by a fellow who was unfortunate. Unfortunately, his uh, hockey team's season ended earlier than they wanted it to. Spruce King's Director of Communications and Broadcasting, Ethan Reddy. Good afternoon, Ethan. Thanks for having me. How are you? Not too bad in yourself. Although I remember uh, talking to you earlier and somebody down at the Spruce King's office. Now, is it true that just about everybody in the office got a cold in the last couple of days? Uh, it, it definitely seems seems like that. I think uh, with with the amount of uh, work put into this past season, I think it's all caught up to all of us uh, now that we've been able to kind of sit back and, and take a little bit of a break before we start planning for next season. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're all on the mend from the sounds of it. Now, the season obviously didn't end the way you were hoping it would, being swept in the first round by Salmon Arm. But when you look back on the season where you guys finished making the playoffs, having a reasonably good season, if you had been told at the beginning of the season that's where it's going to end, how would you have felt? I think even going into that first round playoff, um, I think that was that was the matchup that a lot of people were expecting to go seven games, uh, if if any of them. Um, and so for it to have have ended in in the four games that it did, I think it was uh, quite surprising. Um, at the same time, like that's not to take anything away from from the Salmon and Silverbacks. I think between the two teams, though, all season long, like they were tightly. Highly contested games. Um, you know, goaltending was was top notch throughout uh, majority of the season series, and um, you know that that first game. I think it was kind of setting the tone of what we thought that matchup would have been. Uh, being a goaltender, you know, duel, uh, you could say between Matthew Tovel and 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 our Jordan Fairley, and then. You know, games two and three. You know, we didn't necessarily come out the way we should have. I think the energy was was a little low. Um, you know, right off from the opening faceoffs, and and then that game four, uh, for it to have gone into the double overtime that it did. I think again, you know, games one and game four. You know, you, you, the bookends of the series was how we how that series I think should have gone, and just how tightly matched up those games were um and certainly was a disappointing uh end to the season for it to uh to come down to a double overtime and and uh salmon arm to have pulled off the sweep uh the way they did in prince george so uh if you if you told me back you know at the start of the season and that's how the season would have ended i i wouldn't have believed you <laughs> now Again, you and Salmon Arm, Spruce Kings and Salmon Arm finished tied on points in the regular season. They got fourth place, if I remember correctly, because they won the season series four games to three, which gave them home ice in the first round. You were talking about the first game being a really tight game. How important do you think home ice did turn out to be? Like, how big was it for them to have that first game at home? You know what? Through, throughout that season series, I think it was it was... I've, I've told a few people this, that uh, the season series that we had with Salmon Arm was, was perhaps the most unique season series across the league this year, um, given the fact that you look at it and three games were played in Salmon Arm inside the Shaw Center. Uh, their crowd was, was energetic throughout the season. Two games were played in Burns Lake, and then two more games were then played uh, in Prince George at Copar Memorial Arena. So it was it was so unique in just that it was there was three locations games were being played 
Um, the season series was so tight. Um, yes, they won the season series, but we actually earned more points with, with three of those games going to overtime. And um, it was just, yeah, it was that, that home ice advantage that they got. I mean, uh, they had a, a student section right behind the visiting bench that, you know, our guys had to deal with. And I think that was something, uh, you know, perhaps for the guys going off to NCAA schools, they, uh, you know, good for them to get exposed to that now. Um, because I think that that certainly played a factor in just having it, having a section, you know, as, as packed as Shot Center was, to have a section as energetic and as focused on essentially getting under your skin as they were, um, you know, I think that definitely played a factor for us and, and, and definitely played a factor in us is in us coming back to Prince George down in the series two games to none. And it also didn't help, of course, that because they got home ice advantage, they got the two games on the weekend. You had two midweek games, which usually means slightly less in the way of a crowd. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. Uh, I think that was that was another part of it. I think uh, I think another factor that you know. Um, you know, people may not have considered, you know, we were kind of f- crossing our fingers for us to kind of have a season or a playoff series schedule like that because mm-hmm. the last thing we wanted to be doing was going up against the Cougars as well, yeah. simultaneously trying to draw fans to our to our rink. So it kind of worked out in, in that sense that we weren't going up against the Cougars, but, I mean, we would have definitely have liked the, the season series to have gone to, or a playoff series, rather, to have gone a completely different way. So, uh, but again, that's uh, what's happened is now in the past, and you know, kind of just having to move forward to uh, to next season. Okay. Now, after the fourth game, double overtime, did you have any fans talking to you after the game, or even the next day, saying, "A shame you guys lost, but I'm glad it didn't go four or five overtimes because I have to go to work tomorrow." You know what? I we we had to go to work the next yeah. day too. So, um, you know what? It it was one of those games where you know as soon as that first overtime period went down and you realized that okay, this is this is back and forth, and it's really going to just be a, a sudden. It's going to come down to a sudden swing of of momentum, and you know you look back at at how they scored in that second overtime period, and you know it was. Um, you know, just a, a bad line change by us that kind of opened things up, and and you know that's what ended up costing us in the end. And uh, you know, it, I could have very easily had seen that game go, you know, three, four, maybe even five overtime periods. Um, and you know, at that point, our players are just crawling on the ice, trying to just you know pool cue the puck into the back of the net. But uh, yeah, it was it was an exciting game. Uh, it was just unfortunate that 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 was you know the end of the season. So the end of one season, and the next one is not all that far away, really, is it? No, uh, we've got a prospects camp uh, coming up at the end of end of the month, mm-hmm. so it's kind of our opportunity for our coaching staff to see some guys that you know perhaps haven't necessarily been on their radar. Um, you know, you look back at some of the guys have been a part of that that prospects camp. Uh, Leighton Ahak, who's now mm-hmm. you know he was a draft pick by the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Nick Bogan, who's um, you know making making his presence known at Bentley University in NCAA, and, and most recently John Harrington, who's graduating this year and going off to Lake Superior. So, you know, it's it's even though perhaps not necessarily where you know many of our, our recruits come from, it is certainly an opportunity for you know more of the local guys to 
get their presence known and seen in front of our coaches and and who knows lead, may just lead to them wearing wearing the Spruce Kings crown uh, come September. Now you mentioned John Harrington leaving. Who else is going to be gone next year that you know of? Uh, well, we we actually just just announced Jordan Fairley, uh, one of our twenty year olds from this season. He actually just committed to the University of Toronto, so he'll be. Uh, joining Jet Alexander, a recent Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, at Uni- University of Toronto next, next season. Um, so two, two Spruce Kings alumni at U of T, mm-hmm. uh, wearing the varsity blue. Um, Jack Stockfish, um, Ty Gagnol, they'll, they'll be gone to, uh, College of the Holy Cross. Uh, Jake Schneider, who was among, you know, top, top of our team in scoring, uh, will go to, uh, to Colgate. Um, and I think I missed the Charlie Bank here as well. He was our, you know, when you needed a hope, open ice hit, you know, you, you could rely on him to be the one that, that delivered that. Uh, he'll actually be going to uh, Stonehill, uh, which actually just joined the NCAA D1 ranks. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, that's basically what, what our goal is uh, as a member of the BCHL is to, you know, develop our players to a point where they're they're signing NCAA D1 scholarships and and continuing their hockey career for another, you know, four or five years while also, you know, taking care of uh, their academics and setting themselves up for the future. So knowing now the coaching staff, knowing for sure who isn't going to be back this year at this point, does that maybe influence things a little bit on the prospects camp and other scouting, knowing what holes they have? Um, I, I think, you know, we've, we've got some guys that definitely, um, you know, they, they showcased what, what they had and their potential this year. Um, you know, we're, we're in the process of, uh, of, uh, gradually rev- announcing our, our commitments, whether that be from, you know, some, some academies here in BC or across the country or even down into the States. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to do what's, what's the, be- what's best for, for the organization, move forward and try to put, uh, put together a competitive team back on the ice uh, for next season and, and hope that, uh, you know, we can push further into the playoffs and, and return the Fred Page Cup back to Prince George. Okay. Now, when does the BCHL schedule usually come out for next year? Uh, usually it'll come down, um, I want to say about late May into June. Um, obviously it depends on kind of how long the playoff schedule goes on for. So uh, we're going to have to sit and wait a little bit longer than what we would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it, at the end of the day, not necessarily going to worry too much about the schedule and who, when you're facing who, uh, when uh, in the season. You're just going to focus on uh, on piecing together the most competitive team that you possibly can. And uh, and uh, that should take care of itself come come the regular season. Now, is there any truth to the rumor that the road show next season for the Spruce Kings will include a pair of games in Tuktoyaktuk? Uh, that I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I can tell you right now, Prince George will, the Spruce Kings, uh, they'll be taking a break from the road show. Oh. So, uh, you know, having participated in the in the first first of two, um, or, or first two road shows, rather, um, you know, it's it's our time to t- take a back seat and see what the rest of the BCHL um, has to offer. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for the league, uh, regardless of who's involved, to to get into some of those smaller communities. Uh, just having seen the the impact that that we and the Silverbacks had in Burns Lake, and and how much that kind of put a sense of hope back into a community that was uh, 
you know, reeling following the pandemic and their hockey association having lost so many uh, players due to the pandemic and financial strains. Um, I think it's a huge opportunity for, for any teams that are that are involved or have the opportunity to involve, be involved to uh, get into those smaller communities and uh, and get uh, the sport of hockey as accessible as possible to, to residents of BC. Okay. Ethan Reddy, Director of Communications and Broadcasting with the Spruce Kings. Thanks very much for being with us this season, and I look forward to talking to you again next year. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. So, Ethan Reddy with the uh, Spruce Kings. Unfortunately, as I say, season ended a little bit earlier than they wanted to, Frank, but they did okay. They're always doing us proud. Yes. The Spruce Kings organization in the last several years in a row have done nothing but leap through hoops and jump over hurdles and and turn this franchise into something epic. We get a great Spruce Kings product every single year. and Yeah, it should have gone longer. We really wish it could have, but... You you, uh, you have to be impressed with the season that they had and the last several seasons that they've had. Yeah, like Ethan was saying, when you've got the number four and five team in the Interior Conference who finished with the same number of points and whose season series ended up four games to three, you're not thinking sweep by either team, really. No, absolutely not. Uh, at the BCHL level, I rarely think sweep ever anyway. Just because there is a lot of parity yes. there, but when you see the parity that mathematical, oh, yeah. it it just shocks you when things go weirdly like that. But this is where all the reasons that uh, that uh, Mister Reddy mapped out there, yes. it, we do have disadvantages yeah. when you have to travel all the way to Salmon Arm. Yeah, and I think, after, on top of all the travel you've had to do all season long. Yeah. And the other thing was, if I remember correctly, the roadshow games, as he mentioned, Salmon Arm had three games at home. We sort of had two games at home mm-hmm. and then the other two were in Salmon or in uh, Burns Lake yes and technically one was our home game one was Salmon Arms yeah but it's and not I, I think that I think they split those two games though they did split those two games yeah, yeah. so there there was you could say there was the difference in the season series it, possibly so Salmon Arms yeah. won four of seven well if the Spruce Kings had played both of those games at home maybe they win them both and they they, they probably the could have service. used a certain Toronto Maple Leafs goalie to come put the jersey back on. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's allowed, though. No? Oh. No. And I was a little bit surprised, I have to admit, when Ethan was le- listing uh, the players who are going to be gone next year, who he knows of, and it didn't sound like a, a ton of guys. Like, I've seen other seasons where, like, you know, there's 10 yeah. guys, a dozen guys. The BCHL is built for turnover. Yeah. And bear in mind, it's still very early in that process. Yes, so uh, he, he's just listing the people that he knows off the top of his head, and there could yeah. be many more. But it it does bode well that uh, yes. it was a short list at the outset. Yeah, and as you said, Jordan Fairley just announcing, I think he said this morning or yesterday, that he was signing with U of T. And isn't that great to see? Oh. I mean, the whole idea behind the BCHL is to graduate players to higher hockey. Yes. And... Uh, it's just wonderful to see, even if we'd like to keep them another year or two ourselves, yeah. that these players are going on to to achieve their hockey goals. It really is a wonderful gateway for them to go through Prince George. Yeah. Now, a couple of quick stats just on the Spruce King side of things in that first round against Salmon Arm. Uh, by the way, the, the game last Wednesday, so a week ago, was when game four was. It seems like it was so long ago. As Ethan was saying, double overtime which is never a lot of fun when I think he is the only person on the broadcast team. 
That's never <laughs> That's a lot That's hard of fun. on tonsils. Yes. Two <laughs> one uh, in double overtime for the sweep. The Spruce Kings' leading scorer in the series was Lyndon Macau with a goal and two assists. So they didn't have anybody with more than three points in four games. They got only four games, but still, that may have been part of the problem. Was they obviously didn't get a lot of offense. Yeah, and, and their top players weren't their top players no. as, as they need to be in, yeah. in a playoff situation. Well, in any situation. Yeah. Jordan Fairley in goal, uh, 2.95 goals against average, but a 9.17 saves percentage. So it sounds like the pucks that beat him were about the only pucks that beat him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he was stopping almost everything. Yeah, that's those are great stats for goaltenders, but yes. uh, it, it, hockey's has uh, got two parts to it, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> There's okay. the revenues and the expenditures. Yes. We're going to take a quick break and be back to talk some more BCHL on Post to Post. In a confused and broken world, truth, hope, and light are found in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Join us Sundays at 7.30 p.m. as we host Pastor Chris Gordon of Abounding Grace Radio. Pastor Gordon preaches from all of the scriptures with a special focus on how they testify about Jesus. Brought to you by Prince George Canadian Reformed Church. Don't miss Abounding Grace Radio Sunday evenings at 7.30 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. The Prince George Cantata Singers are presenting their spring concert Saturday, May 13th at St. Michael's Church. Take in this uplifting evening of music celebrating creatures that fly. The choir will be under the direction of Ariana Crossland and accompanied by Maureen Nelson. The evening will also feature guest musicians Shoshana Godber, Kathleen Peters, Allison Bell, and Noel Jago. Tickets are available from choir members and online at pgcantatasingers.ca. That's the Prince George Cantata Singers Spring Concert, Saturday, May 13th at St. Michael's Church. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud, a 30% chance of showers late this afternoon, wind for the southwest at 20K, a high of 9. Tonight, increasing cloudiness, southwest winds becoming light this evening, a low of minus 3. On Thursday, mainly cloudy with a high of 5. And back on Post to Post, Alan Wishart, Frank Peoples in the studio. And, well, we, we we spent a fair bit of time in that first end, of course, talking about the Spruce Kings for obvious reasons. They're the local team. But that's not, uh, as hard as it might be to believe, Frank, that's not the only BCHL stuff going on. I, I'm guessing there's a little more. Yes. Um, all four, of course, uh, of all eight of the first round series are over. And there were a couple of upsets. Um, Wenatchee finished seventh overall. They knocked off Cranbrook, the number two team in that's the interior, four games upset. to two. And Vernon, who I believe finished third, sixth, knocked off West Kelowna, who finished third, four games to two. Uh, Salmon Arm swept, and big surprise here, Penticton swept trail. <laughs> Whoopee, yes. Yeah, that, that's the one that's not a surprise. No. On the coast, Nanaimo over Langley, four games to two. Surrey over Powell River, four games to one. Alberni Valley, the only sweep down there, four games to zero over Victoria, and Chilliwack, four games to one over Coquitlam. Minor upset there, those again were the four and five teams. Yeah, I, that's a coin toss always. Eh? Yeah. So what we've got then starting this weekend in the conference, I guess, semifinals, Penticton and Wenatchee, Salmon Arm and Vernon. Boy, that's Salmon Arm and Vernon, that's going to be a tough road trip. <laughs> and then we got Nanaimo and Chilliwack and Surrey and Alberni Valley down on the coast. So should be some good matchups there. But um, 
the thing I found interesting again was I went and I checked on the BCHL site to see who led in scoring the first round of the playoffs. And I found out Parker Murray of Wenatchee led with 12 points in the six games they played against Cranbrook. Let's be so more he's got specific. six points in 12 games? No. No. 12 points in six 12 games. 12 points in six games. Yes. That is, that is Connor Bedardish. We'll get to Connor a little bit later in the show, but you're That's getting close. That's Bedardian. Here's, here's something else, though. It wasn't just 12 points in six games. Parker Murray had 12 goals in six games and zero assists. <laughs> what a selfish player. Yeah. My, I have a job. <laughs> I have one job. So on his business card, it just says finisher. Yes. Yes. Parker, Parker Murray, finish. Yeah, no, I'm Canadian, but <laughs> that's my job. And that is just amazing. Yeah. Twelve goals in six games. Yeah. Um, and that's probably one of the main reasons they got the upset over uh, Cranbrook. In so that first he round. upset Cranbrook. To the rest extent, of the team yes. was there, you know, watching. But yeah, I'm, I think Penticton might be double covering him in the next series. <laughs> <laughs> wow, but that's isn't that great? Because that's just going to open the door for for secondary scoring. Yes. Um, top goalie for the first round. Shane Celeste of Nanaimo. Also 12 goals. No. Against. Yeah. No. no. 1.00 goals against average. Well, that's real good. Uh, here's the better part. 963 saves percentage. Wow. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, you got to think that more goals are going to go in just bounced off of skates. Yeah. and. Because I mean, I, I how, don't. I how don't, do you let so few games in oh, goals in and in, in a playoff scenario? Yes. Like this isn't regular season where anyone's coasting. No, this is all the marbles games. Yeah, and he went. Nope, marbles are mine. Yeah, all mine. Yeah, I'm going home now. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, I mean, I think in the NHL, if a goalie has like let's say a 915 or a 920 save percentage, he's usually going to be, if not top of the league, right up there. Yeah, absolutely. 963. 963 is otherworldly. Yes. That's, wow. It's easy to see how he had a 1.00 goals against average. And what team was this with? Sorry, with Nanaimo. Nanaimo. Okay. So, and so are they going to play Wenatchee? That. Not now, because Nanaimo, of course, is in the coast. Yeah. Wenatchee's in the interior. But if they, they don't meet, do crossover. It would sure would be, be fun to see such be, an amazing goal yes. scorer going up against an amazing goal saver. Wenatchee's got a problem, though, before that. they got a team named Penticton who they're playing in the next oh, round. <laughs> it's been nice there, Wenatchee. It's yeah. been nice. <laughs> yeah, and Penticton was probably looking at those games and kind of going... Okay, uh, make a note, guys. Number 14. Watch him. Yeah. make you know If he gets the puck, I want three guys on him right now. <laughs> and if he gets the puck in our end, I want four guys on him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The, the yeah. thing with Penticton is they don't even have to double team him because they can outscore oh, yes. that kind of guy, right? They're, they're a team that can outscore their problems. Yeah. I mean, like we were talking about with Ethan Reddy there, Salmon Arm sweeping Prince George. Major surprise based on how close the two teams were during the regular season, not just in the standings, but also in the games they played against each other. Yep. If Penticton hadn't swept trail, that would have been an upset. But, uh, but again, it's... And no series went the full seven, hey? No. Uh, four games to two. Three series were four and two. 
two were four games to one, and there were three sweeps. Hmm. So, so a compact playoff picture. Yes. Yeah, but of course they still have to allow X amount of time. Like they didn't start the next series tonight or anything like that. No, because those arenas are already scheduled. Yeah. It's actually great for all the players involved to be yes. able to just you know lick any wounds or whatever yep. for an extra day, get a few days off, and it also gives the coaching staffs. A couple of extra days to look at the tape, not just of that team when you played them, but that team in the playoffs, because it might have been a little bit different. Yes. Sometimes things change. Like, uh, again, we will be noting this in a little while when we get to the uh, Cougars. They played a lot of teams this season, especially in the American division. division. Yeah. And they were finished with them by the second week in December. Didn't see them again for, what is this now, four months. And now you're playing the playoffs, and you can't just go They're back completely to those games. You can't just go back to those no, games I mean, and say, okay, that's how that's how they play, da-da-da-da. No. So much development has happened. The trade, trade deadline. deadline. Yeah. <laughs> All these things yeah. occur that uh, really make your encounter. And, and that goes both ways. It's oh, not yeah. just uh, no. the Cougars having that problem. It's also their opponent. Yeah. But uh, it, they're, they're both other teams than what they first, yes. first encountered. Yeah. Okay. We are going to go to another break on Post to Post, and we'll be back in a minute or two. Hope Air is gearing up for this year's Give Hope Wings expedition. Hope Air raises funds to support patients who must travel long distances for vital medical care. And Give Hope Wings is their annual cross-Canada tour to raise money and awareness. This year's journey will stop in Prince George on June 15th, a prime opportunity to fundraise and help bridge the distance between home and hospital. Full details are available at hopeair.ca. Hope Air's Give Hope Wings, June 15th at the Prince George Airport. The Prince George Mady Community Association presents Jigging to Batoche next week. Learn traditional dances and compete in a jigging contest using mind, body, and spirit. There are plenty of daily prizes to be had with three different age groups jigging at three different times. To register, email princegeorgecc at mnbc.ca. Everyone's welcome to the Community Cultural Presentation, Saturday, April 22nd from 3 to 5. The Prince George Media Association's Jigging to Batoche, next week at the Connaught Youth Centre. Well, it may not be midnight in Moscow. It's about 1.30 on a Wednesday afternoon. That's a great intro. Yes. We might have to remember that one. Yeah, that's a nice one. And I've got another guest on the phone, and this is somebody I don't believe I've spoken with before. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Riley Banzer with Olympus Free Running. Good afternoon, Riley. Hey, thanks for having me. Not a problem. Now, you have got an event coming up on Sunday called the Charity Chase Tag. Explain, please. Well, this will be our first event since before COVID, before it kind of buried us for mm-hmm. a bit there, um, we just want to essentially show Prince George that we're still around and that our gym is not as intimidating as it sounds. Everyone hears parkour and they immediately assume that mm-hmm. you have to be jumping off of buildings or rolling on couches, but uh, it's actually just pretty simple fitness fun, and it's as simple as playing tag, and so a good way to get people in is we want to... Uh, 
do some sort of charity fundraiser where essentially all you're going to do is play tag and try and get some money for a charity of your choice. And now you're not just turning everybody loose at the same time. It's teams of two. So now how is that going to work? So there's a, a sport or a game or whatever you want to call it that's getting really popular around the world. It's called World Chase Tag. Mm-hmm. And essentially it's just a really intense kind of adult version of tag where you actually have teams and you go 1v1. And one team is the tagger and one team is the evader. And essentially you have 20 seconds to get away from uh, the other team's chaser. And if you can get away or stay untagged in those 20 seconds, you get a point for your team. And then the next person goes. And then once everybody's had a chance, you switch sides. And whatever team has the most evasions uh, wins. Wow. And so now they just they just win a point for their team. And then is it is are you hoping to have like a round robin where you will play every other team that's there? Yeah, so this will be our first of, first event ever. Um, I'm definitely no pro at running events, mm-hmm. and this will be the very first chase tag thing we've ever done. So it's going to be a bit of uh, trial and error and just kind of see how it goes. Uh, but I think we're just going to, yeah, have every team verse each other at least once, and then whoever's got the most points goes on to the final round against the uh, second place. And, yeah. So now, what, before we go any further, I just want to make sure, because we don't forget this, Olympus Free Running, where are you guys located? We are kind of stuffed away, hidden really well in the back of the Nicholson Center. There's, if you roll into the Nicholson area next to Carpet Superstore and uh, Deadfall Brewing, we're actually around behind Deadfall Brewing in the corner there. So if you hang a right, once you hit that little cul-de-sac area, you'll come around the back and you'll find our door there. Now, I've actually been to your place before, and uh, so I have quite a picture in my head of what this tag is going to look like, but could you describe a little bit what your room looks like? It's not just a big empty room with a couple of uh, obstacles in the middle. Describe your room for us, because it's, uh, it's quite the set. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much just an indoor playground. We've got blocks uh, all over the place and some bars to swing through and swing on. We're not going to have, for this event, we're going to have a, a set area, so nothing too major. Um, you're not going up mm-hmm. 10 feet in the air or anything like that. Everything's going to be down probably two feet off the ground with the max height you'll go. Um, but we've got some movable ob- obstacles that will be in the way and some bars you can swing through and swing around. And, uh, yeah, essentially it's just a, a little indoor playground uh, you can jump on and swing on. Fantastic. So now, from the sounds of things then, will you be changing the course, if you will? Will you be moving obstacles around between rounds? No, we're going to keep it the same throughout the event. We're going to have uh, a little cordoned off section there, room for spectators to watch in the front yeah. and the back. And uh, spectators are welcome as well for just a $5 donation to the prize pool mm-hmm. for the winning team. And, um, yeah, we'll have just a little certain area. So it won't be the entire gym, so it won't be this massive, massive uh, arena. Mm-hmm. So now it's a charity chase tag. So how does the charity part work? We want uh, each team to pick their charity of choice, and that's who they're going to be playing for. And first place is going to get 70% of the prize pool. Uh, second place will get 30 and then third place will just get a crisp high five from me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Worth its weight in gold, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how has the response been so far? Do you have a, a fair number of teams out? As as expected, it's it's pretty hard to get people mm-hmm. interested in this. One, it's our first event. Two, we're like I said, we got buried by COVID, so not a lot of people know we exist. And then also, it's just kind of intimidating to get people to go out, go out and play tag because they don't really know what they're getting themselves into, right? But so we're just trying to show everyone that it is 
just as simple as playing tag at a little, with a little higher stakes, but it's mm-hmm. it's good fitness fun, super simple, beginner friendly. The ages are ten plus. Right now we've got a we've got a one team I think of eleven year olds, and then we've got a couple adults as well that are going in. So it's a pretty well rounded event. No pros, nothing too scary like that. I would think that if you worked for a charity, and many people in town do, that'd be a great staff kind of uh, uh, like a staff uh, morale booster, and you could end up winning money for your own your own charity that you work for. Hint, hint everyone. So here, here's some of this. We had a couple of charities mention that they might be interested, so it's a matter if they found anybody to actually put themselves on the chopping block kind of thing. So if you're listening to any of those charity groups out there uh, this Sunday, yeah. And you only need two people, right? Yep, just teams of two for now for this one. We'd love to make this a little more serious, like uh, if we can find people that really enjoy it and actually get to uh, eventually like a a middle round or middle kind of range team uh, or uh, like a league in a way, and then also try and get into a pro league in Prince George and actually try and make this a sport alternative for for people that want to do try some different kind of competitive sport. I love it. Dodgeball has already made its comeback, and now tag. Exactly, right? So I guess the big thing is, if you're somebody who is listening and thinking, this sounds kind of interesting, if you can find somebody else who thinks it sounds interesting, make a team and go in. Even if you can't find anybody else, go out and watch, just so you get a feel for what it's like, right? Absolutely, yes. It'll be super entertaining just to watch a couple people chase each other around. <laughs> so now, it starts at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Um Obviously, it depends a little bit on how many teams. Each of the it sounds like each of the matches, if you will, doesn't last all that long because each game is only twenty seconds. Yep, exactly. It'll be it'll be quick turnover. Okay, and now I believe there is a deadline for teams to enter, though, isn't there? Yes, yeah, so it would be nice to know if we have enough teams to run it by tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow time. Okay, and now how how do they register? If they head to olympusfreerunning.ca, uh, there's a big banner at the top of the site that'll show show you where to sign up. Or there's a Facebook link as well on Facebook or an event, uh, just Charity Chase Tag Prince George. Okay. Both will get signed up. Okay. Riley Bander with Olympus Free Running and the Charity Chase Tag event coming up on Sunday. Thank you very much for joining us, and I'm sure we'll be talking later. Thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate it. Okay. Well, Frank, I'm busy Sunday afternoon, or else I'd ask you if we wanted to be a team. <laughs> this sounds like just mayhem fun. This sounds great. Yeah. Who doesn't want to play tag? And it's very, as he was saying, very quick turnaround. I mean, each round is 20 seconds, so you go for 20 seconds, either evading or chasing, and then you step aside, and your teammate goes in and does the same thing. And then after they spend their 20 seconds, you get to switch roles and go back out. So, I mean... It's great. Uh, yeah. This is just taps into the the little primal child in all of us. Yes. This is great. I love it. What a great idea. And and I've been to this facility before, mm-hmm. too. And, and I really do hope that he can attract some attention here with this because it's an amazing facility. I didn't believe that something like this could happen here. Yeah. But uh, it's it's quite an amazing little place he has. Mm-hmm. And you can just go play, play, play in there. And the other thing is, of course, we keep referring, he kept referring to, we've kept referring to it as tag. Well, most people, when they think about tag, it's in a great big open yard. Yep. This this is is not obstacle tag. Yes. And it's it's like paintball without the guns. And it's closed in. 
Yes. Like, you can't just run away from the other guy for 20 seconds. No, and it's not a huge room either. No. It, it, there's a there's a lot of um, there's a lot of dynamic to the room. Yeah, but like it punches above its weight in that sense. But it is not a big place, so oh. twenty seconds is great for being able to whip around and like try and you know and, touch someone off. And from what Riley was saying, they're not even going to be using the whole room. He was saying they're going to sort of make one area just to make it even tougher. I can't wait with. to see it. It's oh. he's obviously got a vision, and and I yeah. want to know what it is. Yeah, and this is something, again, I had, I think I had vaguely heard of them. But as he said, part of it was they probably got started just before COVID, which isn't really... That's a tough time to start anything. Yes, especially when it's something that does involve, well, in this case, I can only imagine they probably took one look at what was happening to COVID and said, okay, and we've got all these obstacles that people are going to be jumping over and stuff, even if we're not playing tag. Our sanitation is going to oh, be... Oh, yeah. It would be yeah. impossible. No. Impossible. So. You have to have a professional mister machine or whatever, yes. you know, like the, 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 like the sawmills. Have. Yes. Okay. We are going to take another break. When we come back, I think we're going to probably talk some more. Actually, before we go, oh, there is one You're interrupting your own pe- self. There, there is one unfortunate piece of news I have to mention. I uh, found out this morning via Facebook that Mike Church, the founder and owner of Aberdeen Glen Golf Course, passed away yesterday. Oh, goodness. Yes. So our thoughts to his family and, I guess as well, our thoughts to the family out at Aberdeen Glen Golf Course. Because our our it, condolences. Yes. Very heartfelt. Yes. So we will take another quick break. And when we come back, we're probably going to be talking hockey and the Cougars on Post to Post. The North Central Seniors Association has regular weekly activities in the basement of College Heights Baptist Church, featuring yoga, photo club, and cards on Mondays, and Tai Chi and pool on Wednesdays. They also host a monthly breakfast club, a weekly coffee social, and special events each Friday. You'll also want to be on hand for their birthday tea, including music, once each month. Full details are available on their website, ncsapg.br. Bravehost.com. Whether you're downloading ebooks or need a hand with Microsoft Office programs, Tech Help is available at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. Get the most out of your computer, tablet, or other digital device by taking advantage of this free program offered Wednesdays from 2 to 4. Book a 30-minute appointment by calling 250-563-9251, extension 112, between 2 and 4. Tech Help, Wednesday afternoons at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud, a 30% chance of showers late this afternoon, wind for the southwest at 20K, a high of 9. Tonight, increasing cloudiness, southwest winds becoming light this evening, a low of minus 3. On Thursday, mainly cloudy with a high of 5. Something that I hope we will all be enjoying shortly. Hot fun in the summertime there. Absolutely. It feels like it right now until you walk outside and get hit with that wind. And yes. then you remember, oh, no, it's not, uh, not, it's a trick. It's not summer yet. No. Well, at least the wind right now is nowhere near what it was on the weekend. The oh, weekend. Yeah, absolutely. That was getting well, that scary. Wind. That was, yeah, the trees went yeah. down around us. And, oh, okay. And I worry about the golf courses. We were just talking about uh, about oh. Aberdeen and our condolences again to the church family. Yes. But when we're thinking about 
this time of year, golf comes to mind, and I hope that they didn't have to do too much extra work out there in any of the golf courses of the area, sure. getting trees removed that blew onto the fairway. I know one golf course that did have to do some work, Augusta National, hosting oh, the Masters. That's right. And they had some trees. They actually suspended play Wednesday, I think. No, Thursday. Thursday, sorry, Friday, the second round. And they weren't kidding around. Like, that oh. water was just coming down the in water buckets. It was cold. The wind yeah. was horizontal. And <laughs> was... a couple of good-sized tree branches fell down. Luckily, nobody was hit by them. No kidding. But I... right away, the marshals just, I guess, they basically sounded a horn to let everybody know, okay, play is stopping. And then, like, about 10 seconds later, I guess, the word came through. Sound the horn again. We're sending everybody inside yeah, now. Yeah, no doubt. So. And... uh you know, Tiger Woods is probably the happiest of all because with his luck in the last few years, yeah. <laughs> if anything's going to fall and hit someone, it's going to be Tiger. Well, the guy who was a little bit unfortunate to some extent, if you will, was Sandy Lyle, who was there. He'd already announced he's 65. He'd yep. already announced he, this that was, was his, his end, final. The end. Yeah. He wasn't the only one. No. He was going to miss the cut. That was fairly obvious after Thursday. On Friday, he was coming up to his putt on the 18th hole. And the horns sounded. And his So he had to come farewell. back Saturday morning mm -hmm. and just one putt. And that was it. He yep. was done. So, And that's the end of the career. I hope they do something for him. And oh. I forget who the other golfer was. There were two golfers for mm -hmm. whom this was their last yeah. professional day. Yeah. And uh, they both really got got uh, blown away by the wind yes. in terms of their legacy in uh, that sense. So I hope they get to say goodbye next year, maybe in a different yep. way. Well, one team that isn't saying goodbye yet, oh, the Cougars. You, what excitement. Oh, This is what hockey watching is all about. Well, they were down to Tri-City, in Tri-City. They were down, what, two games to one? They were down one game to nothing and two games to one at points in this uh, Yeah. Whole and the series. series, of course, was going 2-3-2. Two, two. They lost home ice advantage. Then last Wednesday, they beat Tri-City 6-2. On Friday, they played tennis again, beat them 6-2. to two. So they're up two <laughs> sets to none. <laughs> yeah. Came back here for game six on um, Sunday. 5-4 in overtime. And who was the overtime hero? Chase Wheatcroft, two and a half minutes in. He has just been oh, money in the yes. last, I mean, all season, but he's he's been ice in his veins the last several games in a row. Yeah. It's been fun to watch him play. It's been fun to watch the whole team play. And, boy, if you're not buying tickets to see the Cougars now, this is where yeah. you give your head a shake. You've got a few days because they now play Seattle in the second round, and they open in Seattle on Friday and Saturday. They're home Tuesday and Wednesday. And the schedule that I saw, and I guess it works, but it still caught me a little bit off guard, was it looks like they were doing a 2 2 one 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 Oh. From here to Seattle is still a fairly decent uh, that's a, trip. That's a slog, yeah. Yeah. That, well, that in the past, the Cougars have always done buses, but have, for the playoffs, done planes. Oh, okay. So that's but I don't know if that's no. an option in yes. this case. But that's no. that asks a lot to cross border no. and, and go that kind of distance. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. For both teams. It's, it's both teams, yeah. yeah. It's not just the one. Now, the teams played each other four times this season. Sweep them. That's the that's the solution. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Cougars went one and three in the four games. However, a thing to note, the last game was December the 13th, which is, what, four months ago. 
So I, f- I think both teams have probably changed a bit since then. A fair bit. And the other thing that was kind of bizarre about the schedule, I remember Reg and I talking about this on the show at the time. The other three games were in a five-day span at the end of October and beginning of November. So they played Seattle three times in five days, played them again a month and a half later, and then haven't played them in four months. Wow. And now you're playing in the playoffs. So they almost had a playoff round right there. Yeah. <laughs> in the beginning of the season. Yeah. But um, the uh, Cougars Tri-City Series was actually the longest of the Western Conference Series at four games to two. Huh. Well. Seattle swept Kelowna 4 nothing. No surprise there, really. Kamloops swept Vancouver 4 nothing. Maybe not a, not a surprise, but maybe, again, a little bit of a surprise there was a sweep. And Portland beat Everett four games to one. So, again, fairly, uh, you know, fairly substantial wins, if you will, for the, uh, for the teams that did win. And again, you were talking about how with the, uh, Spruce Kings, how to some extent the big guns didn't come through in terms of scoring and everything. After the first round, Zach Funk is leading the Cougars with seven points, four goals and three assists. Caden Brown has three goals and four assists, and Cole Dubinsky has three goals and four assists. So none of the guys who are you know, right up at the top of the league in scoring for the Cougars had great scoring in that first round. And this is where I really appreciate coaching. This is where Oof. you know you, we see why Mark Lamb is the BC Division Coach of the Year, yes. because he's motivating that secondary scoring to get out there. And, yeah. and to be fair to those players, the Cougars are loaded in offensive talent, it's not really a surprise to me no. that Funk has seven points. What does surprise me is that he's leading the team is all. Yes. But if he's leading the team with seven points and they played six games, he's on fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you ride your hot hand for sure. Wow. And uh, that's, in the Cougars' case, just going to be advantage. Cougars because, so what? Your, yeah. your top line is being, you know, hard-checked. Your secondary scoring is just going to roar up the middle and put the puck in the net anyway. Well, Zach Funk and the other two guys, of course, all have seven points. Guess how many points Seattle's top scorer had in the first round? I'll say seven points. Dylan Gauthier, five goals and two assists. <laughs> now, There's where the, the T Birds had a bit of an advantage, at least in the first round, Thomas Millick in goal, 1.00 goals against average. 9.58 saves percentage. Man, that's, that's, no. a, that's pretty great. Yeah, the Cougars didn't do too badly, though. Ty Young, 2.65, 9.13 saves percentage. That's all and, right, that's all right. In 204 minutes. And Tyler Brennan, 161 minutes, so they basically oh, split the time. A, yeah, Tyler Brennan, 2.98 goals against average with an 8.82 saves percentage. Mm, you want to help that 8.82? I bet, yes, but still... Fairly close in, say, in goals against Isn't average. it great, though, to be oh. in the Cougars' position like this where you can platoon uh, offensive attack and you can platoon goaltending Yes, and your defense is no slouch either? They're just no. in a great position. I mean, I know that everyone in Cougar land is talking about next year, next year, and oh. how that's their time, but this is exactly what you want right now oh. to look yes. forward to that is that maybe you go on a hard, long run now just getting to the second round is incredibly it's instructive yes. for these young players. Oh, yeah. And who knows how far this team can go? Because we in this town have seen all season long that they are giant killers if they if they want to yeah. be. Inconsistency is the worst word you can apply to the Cougars this year. They're a very talented team. Yeah, and again, they have been 
they've had some great runs, and then they've had some not so good areas but of the season. But they turned that around. They have near the end of the season. They yeah, they, more consistently. They didn't win everything, but uh, we are going to go for another quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more WHL on Post to Post. Morning Walks, New Perspectives. A photo exhibition of new works by Michael Cast is the latest exhibition at Studio 2880. Be on hand between 5 and 7 Thursday evening for the display's opening, including an artist talk at 5.30. With an aim to convey a sense of timelessness, silence, and depth, Morning Walks, New Perspectives by Michael Cast, opening Thursday evening and on through May 16th in the Studio 2880 Feature Gallery, 2880 15th Avenue. Your Prince George Council of Seniors is once again providing free help for low-income residents, 55 and older, requiring simple tax returns. Ten-minute appointments are available Tuesday mornings between 9 and 11 and Thursday afternoons between 1 and 3 through April 27th. Meetings will take place at the Seniors Resource Center. To book your appointment, call the Seniors Resource Center at 250-564-5888, the Community Volunteer Income Tax Program, through April 27th from your Council of Seniors. Okay, now, whoever was queuing up our music for us for today's show had a definite theme in mind. We had hot fun in the summertime on the last break, and that was heat wave, of course. Pretty soon it'll be hot town, springish yeah. in the city. Hot, it's, hot. It didn't. It wasn't quite the same no. hit as the Love and Spoonful, but no, hot town, hot, hot town, springish, yeah, spring like. Now you got, there now you got me because you're trying to think what their song is called. Hot time in the city? No, summer in the city. Summer in the city. Back of my neck, neck feeling dirt and gritty. Well, with the way the wind's been blowing lately, that part works out. No doubt. I mean, it's yes. shoulder season. We, we're getting to close down a few uh, sports, and we're going to open up a few sports. Yeah, which sort of makes it a little bit tough on us, because there's not a lot of sports going on that we can talk about, really. But we'll, we'll figure out something for next week. So. Absolutely. want to give a shout-out to the Jandrick family, though. Oh, yes. The Jandricks have had quite a year. Both their uh, Prince George product sons, now in their early 20s, 25 and 24, mm-hmm. Uh, they have both now played in the AHL this year, so uh, that's pretty pretty great. 24-year-old Chris mm-hmm. just wrapped up his season with the University of North Dakota, which is no slouch team no. to be a part of either. And uh, he immediately made the jump to the Rochester Americans, which is the uh, Buffalo Sabres ah. uh, farm team. But his, yeah. his brother, who's playing in the ECHL right now, it's Steve Jandrick. He was uh, playing for Springfield. He put 30 games in for Springfield earlier this season. Wow. Okay. So uh, that, that makes them pretty much the top brother duo in Prince George hockey since the Malgunases, I would say. Quite possibly, yeah. Um, some other WHL stuff. We were talking about the Western Conference to some extent. In the East, they had two sweeps. Winnipeg, no big surprise, over Madison Hat, four games to none. Moose Jaw, 4 nothing over Lethbridge. Red Deer, four games to one over Calgary. Saskatoon went seven games and knocked out Regina, four games to three. So the basically, I think we can safely say the end of Connor Bedard's junior hockey career. That is, I'm sure, the last game he will yes. play in the junior, under the junior umbrella. However, he did leave people with something to remember him by. In the seven games... Connor Bedard put up 10 goals and 10 assists, 20 points, seven games. In the playoffs, that's like three points a game. Hello, Wenatchee. Yeah. We'll see your player and we'll up you a little bit. And, of course, he dragged a couple of his teammates up in the scoring stats with him. 
for the WHL. So the highest scorer left after the first round, uh, Igor Sidorov from Saskatoon and Yager Furkas from Moose Jaw each have 10 points. 10 so points. If, if things tighten up a little bit in the second round, you could have a situation where Connor Bedard is still the WHL leading playoff scorer after the second round. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, uh, I'm just so jazzed because I got to see the uh, Regina game when they came and played here in, oh, in Prince yes. George, and, and he really is another level of yes, player. It, I've gotten to see uh, Connor McDavid play as well at the NHL level, and he was a man among boys, as the uh, mm-hmm. saying goes, and it was the same with Bedard in the dub. Yeah. He was just another gear. Yes. So uh, the interesting thing in the WHL total in the West and the East, no upsets in the first round. Hmm. Top four teams on each side are through to the second round. Well, well. Yeah. Just like they draw it up. Yes. I like an upset now now and then, but not all the time. I'd like to see what is next round. (laughs) The Cougars. Well, I mean, yes, upset would be a word, but... It's I, possible. I just, I have a good feeling about these Cougars, and it's yeah. not just a feeling. I mean, the stats are there to support it. The Cougars, yeah. when they're dialed in, are unbelievably good. What they have to do, though, from the sounds of things in that first round, is they have to figure out how to solve the Seattle goaltender, Milik. Yeah. yeah. A 1.00 goals against average, a 9.58 saves percentage. That's where all the cliches start to come in. Uh, you got to get in there and bang away at rebounds there and, uh, and uh, go cross ice, a lot of cross ice, make a move, make a move, and uh, look for five hole and, uh, and make him go down and shoot upstairs. And shoot. As Wayne Gretzky said, you never score on the shot you don't take. That's right, but uh, I've never seen the Cougars afraid to shoot the puck. No. Sometimes they even hit the net with them. <laughs> the other thing with that first round in the dub was there were 10 overtime games. Including wow. one that went double overtime. Moose Jaw... Uh, won one of the games against Lethbridge in double overtime. But otherwise, uh, Saskatoon and Regina, two teams that I think probably don't have any real feelings towards each other. Like, there's no rivalry there or anything, I <laughs> think. Three of their games went overtime. Wow. In a seven-game series. Makes so me think of the Calgary Flames. I mean, I'm oh. not exactly a Flames fan, but when you look at how many times they lost one-goal games this year, 30 games I this know. year by one goal, yeah. and I think it was 18 of them were in extra time. Like, it, anything can happen when you oh. get to extra time. The, the fortunes can change, you know, 180 and then 180 again the next night. So yeah. uh, it, it's amazing that all those extra time games happened and there were no upsets. No, and that was the thing was, I believe... I think the Spruce, uh, the Cougars won two of their games in overtime, didn't they, against they Detroit did. City? Yeah. Right. They won one down there and the final game here. And neither of them lasted that long. I want to say the game they won down there was only about five minutes into the overtime. Or no, it was one of the games up here. Because, Make quick work of it. Yes. Yeah, none of this hanging around for period after period after <laughs> period. Give the announcers a chance to go home and rest their throats. I had to cover that uh, Spruce Kings game that went oh. uh, 110 periods there yeah. <laughs> several years ago. It's probably 20 years ago now, but I feel about that, yeah. It was uh, it was something epic to see. And then they had to show up the next night and play I in the know. finals and they still did okay, yeah. but man, they were gassed at that yeah. point. Well, I remember when we were broadcasting the uh, Spruce Kings games a few years ago. Was that seven periods that that game went? I forget. We had uh, a playoff game that went, I believe it was in the fourth overtime before it was over. I was here on my own. 
and we didn't have anything set up for the between periods breaks. I gave everybody in town knew what all the NHL scores were, what all the NBA <laughs> scores were, what all the WHL scores were. How to juggle? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, it was fun, but that was a long night. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I love it. myself. Yeah. So, you got anything else there, Frank? To oh, I just want to make mention that. Uh, uh, the Hart Ski Hill mm. set a record this year. Right. The, the record was last year, 102 days of of oh, skiing right. and boarding at, yeah. at the Hart Ski Hill. This year, 112 days. Wow. And that was all because of unseasonably cold spring weather. Yes. And a big dump. Mm. Unseasonably cold fall weather, sorry. Yes. At, uh, at, so, yeah, they got going early. And uh, they have some ice-making capabilities now that they didn't have yeah. before. And then that big dump of uh, February snow Oof. there kept them going longer. So, yay, yeah. congratulations to a great not-for-profit organization that's taking great use of uh, of our little landscape right in, in town yeah. and a ski hill right inside city limits. Well, one thing that didn't surprise me very much was on Easter, Mom and I went out to my sister and brother-in-law's place out in Myworth. So, of course, you drive by... Uh, Go by Otway. Otway. Yep. And still ski at Otway. Not that day they weren't. There were no more than two or three vehicles in the parking lot. Well, then that's just an opportunity right there, because well, there's great snow it, there right now. Like it was today. raining that day, though. Oh, too. yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Sunday, it was <laughs> raining. I think that might have been one of the reasons. But again, they and some of the other groups are sort of caught, well, like we were talking last week, even to some extent, with the playing fields in town. You're caught in between seasons right now. Yes. You, you, there's not enough snow, but you can do winter activities still. But it's not dry enough yet to do the summer. So again, the same way at Alway. The ski trails probably start to get a little bit slushy, a little bit icky. But there's no way you want to go hiking on them yet either. Oh, yeah, no, definitely no. not. But uh, the, the skiing is still going on at Otway. Oh, so if imagine. you want to get one more run in before the end of the year, or maybe you haven't got one in this year and you yeah. just want to do it, you got to get it done. Yeah. Go at it. I gotta, keep, I gotta keep my streak alive. Exactly. Of skiing once. Giver. Every year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that'll about do it for today's show. Frank Peebles, thank you very much for coming by again. I'm always happy to come talk sports. Okay, and we'll be doing some more of that next Wednesday, 1 o'clock on Post to Post. Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFISFM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.